for today. Uh, the promise is in Isaiah 40, especially 28 through 31 are, are, are the texts that we think of when we think of this promise, but we're going to start reading just one verse before that in verse 27. This is God's holy and infallible word. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's our scripture reading this morning. The promise is a promise of renewed strength. And when I think about that in the time of year where we are for busy families and for most everyone, summer offers the hope of renewal and the hope of a change of pace, maybe getting away for a day or two. Some people get away most weekends in the summer or have a couple weeks of vacation at least. There was a famous Time Magazine cover story back in 1989 about the rat race, and it described how people in society are running themselves ragged like rats in a maze, and that rat race has only gotten worse for some reason in the last 25 years. Way back in 1930, with rising living standards around the world, conveniences of newer technologies coming around, John Maynard Keynes predicted that by the end of the 20th century, we'd only have to be working maybe 15 hours a week. And instead, in 2015, we're working more hours than ever before. You, you've seen the statistics that show Americans have the longest work week among wealthier nations in the world, and American workers take the least vacations among those nations. You think about our work life, our family life, and, and you kind of add to that all the great activities here in Chicago that we want to be part of. Uh, we go from one thing to the next. We're busy, busy people. And so I know if, if you're like me and my family, we value any moment for renewal that we can take. And so now, summer's coming to the end. We're completely refreshed. We're completely ready to go, Right? we got a spring in our step. Well, we might not even be quite as renewed and refreshed as we hoped. This promise this morning is for the weary. It's a promise of renewed strength. And we see first this morning that there is possibility for renewed strength. There's hope for those living in the rat race like you and I do. There's possibility for rejuvenation in life. And it brings more vitality to you than a vacation 
or even a weekend away, as important as those are for, for, for us today. This is renewed strength for each day. The people of Israel who heard these words first were beaten down. Isaiah the prophet preached in a time when the Assyrian Empire was expanding, and Assyria would eventually conquer the ten northern tribes of Israel and take the people into captivity. Also, Isaiah warns that after that, later on, those two southern tribes that were left, that were called Judah when the kingdom split, because of their sin, they too would be taken away taken into exile by the Babylonians. And God's people are asking, and that's why I read that first verse, 27, they're asking, why would God do this? How could he allow these terrible things to happen? Isn't God all-powerful? Maybe he's not, they're thinking. Doesn't God love us? Maybe he doesn't, they're thinking. Disaster can deflate God's people whether it's a severe illness or a death of someone close to you, financial hard times, a relationship that's falling apart, or when we think of horrors like abortion in our land, we read about that terrorist attack on the train between Amsterdam and and Paris a couple days ago. Our energy can be sapped as the people of God. As verse 27 puts it, has the cause of God's people been disregarded by our God? Is he disregarding us? Situations can seem impossible from our perspective, but we find that with God, there is possibility in the midst of impossibility. Our verses talk about the impossible happening. People soaring like eagles in the Lord. That's not something that can happen, but that's the picture. The impossible happening in the Lord. And Isaiah tells us not just of the possibility of the impossible, but the certainty of this impossibility, the certainty of renewed strength for weary people, the certainty of renewed strength. Do you not know? Have you not heard? God's people have always been a people who know. We're a knowing people in the sense that God has revealed himself to us. Our new members profess this with all Christians everywhere, saying, we believe everything God has revealed. We know. We have the revelation of God's truth. Have you not heard? How do God's people know? It's through hearing. Faith comes through hearing the word of the Lord. And that's what prophets like Isaiah proclaimed. And it's what we proclaim, what the church proclaims today. What do we hear in the word of the Lord in these verses? Isaiah leads deflated, weary, sometimes confused people to the character of our God. The character of our God. At the beginning of chapter 40, we read, Comfort, comfort my people. Isaiah is giving them hope, restoration, renewal. 
after the time of disaster, and he points them especially to who God is in verse 28. He's the everlasting God. He has no beginning, no end. We exist in time, past, present, future, and and we can put all of history, including our own life history, on a timeline. Our students study history and learn from it with those timelines, and you can get everything in history on a timeline, but God is not bound by that. He is above and beyond time, something every other thing, every other being in all of creation is bound to. He is beyond. We read he is the creator, the maker of all things. Out of nothing at all, the universe came into being and this earth and our lives. That's a common thing that we believers profess. God is creator. We're used to that. But if you think about that, that is about the most lofty thing that we can attribute to God. It's about the most lofty thing we can say that he is creator. We make things. We even talk about a husband and a wife creating a child. But they don't really create that child. My daughter, Sophia, presents us with these beautiful artistic creations But it's not really a creation, is it? It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. But it's not what God does. With everything we produce, we have to use the materials around us. And there are gifted people who do that in amazing ways, creating works of art, scientific breakthroughs. But God made with no tools, no material. He is the only one who truly creates. He just says the word. That he is creator means he is powerful. He will not grow tired or weary, we read. I don't think I've ever heard tireless as an attribute of God, but I kind of like it. And I think our text says it. He's tireless. And Psalm 121 says it, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. If there's anything we're not, it's that, it's tireless. Some of us have tremendous energy, as Donald Trump sure seems to, doesn't he? Wow. A lot of people are wondering if he can keep this up until the presidential election, but I don't think I'd count him out. Certain people have boundless energy, but even those people need to sleep. Even those people, maybe especially those people, tend to burn themselves out at some point in life, and eventually even the very most productive lives come to an end in death. But not our God. He is tireless. He never sleeps. He never burns himself out in his sovereign guidance of all things. He never grows weary of keeping track of every hair on the head of his children. God's power is limitless. His energy is endless. And his understanding, no one can fathom. His ways are beyond us. The people in that day, the exile that was coming, our own suffering and challenges... Why? We get confused. We ask the questions. 
God's people don't always know. Sometimes maybe later in life we have some understanding, but sometimes never in our lifetime do we understand what we or others have gone through. But he's the shepherd, says the scriptures. He's the good shepherd. And what are we? We're the sheep by comparison. How could the sheep presume to know and fully understand the mind of the shepherd? These attributes of God give us confidence. That's why God's word gives them to us. He will come through. He always has. He always will. Why do you say this, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? Bringing up the name Jacob reminds us of God's covenant promises. He promised to be God to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their descendants to never leave them or forsake them. And as the people were reminded of the powerful character of God, Their doubts about his ability to fulfill all his promises, those doubts would disappear. They would see nothing is beyond him. He is able, able to fulfill all his promises. I want to talk finally about how we experience this promise in our lives. How do we experience this this promise of renewed strength. It's not only possible when we feel it's impossible and we're weary, and it's certain based on the character, but how can I experience it, you might wonder. How can I have it? How can I be refreshed in my walk with the Lord? How can I experience the strength and the joy of an eagle soaring like Scripture talks about? Well, there's a calling to us in these verses, and that's our key. We're called to hope in the Lord. Those who hope in the Lord will have their strength renewed. God comes in, he saves his people out of sheer grace through nothing we've done, and then we can experience his strength in our day-to-day lives when we actively turn to the Lord When we wait on the Lord, as some translations put it. And it it all means to trust in the Lord. Put your faith in Him. Put your life every day consciously under His care. Uncle Harold, many, many years ago, was apprehensive about his first airplane ride. His friends, eager to hear how it went, asked if he enjoyed that flight. Well, commented Uncle Harold, it wasn't as bad as I thought it might be, but I'll tell you this, I never did put all my weight down. We can give God all our weight, right? All our burdens. He can handle it. And we read that when we do that, then comes the promise, he will renew our strength. That word renew means literally to exchange our strength. We exchange our weakness for God's strength. And it's a picture of changing into brand new clothes. Chapter 52 of Isaiah, God calls his people to change their outfit. Put on my strength, he says. Paul in the New Testament takes this picture and calls us to clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ 
In him, our old self goes, and we're given a new self being renewed in the image of our Creator daily. And so we put our hope in the Lord ultimately by believing in Jesus. He died and rose again to make us new. Our sins were exchanged for his perfect righteousness on the cross, and our weakness is swapped for his resurrection power. In Jesus, who is God in Isaiah in the flesh, we have the power and the strength of God himself. God's word invites you this morning to believe in him, to put your trust in him. He'll take your burdens, he'll take your sin, he'll take your weakness, and he'll swap it all for his strength. The promise is that for those who put their lives in Jesus' care, they will soar like eagles. As eagles get older, their feathers get older. Ragged, they can even get heavy with dirt or oils, and that all drags down its flight over the years. But they have a molting process where new feathers grow, and that brings a rejuvenation and strength to older eagles. I wish I could molt new legs for the basketball court, but we don't have an equivalent of this molting for humans, physically speaking. But the people of Israel knew about this fact about the eagles. It's why Psalm 103.5 talks about our youth being renewed like the eagle. And it's why the eagle is mentioned in our verses here when Isaiah is talking about renewed strength. And so in this picture of the eagle molting, we get a sense of the exchange, the new strength in what it means for our lives. It means, says God's word, that you and I can soar in life. I think we said it in the first sermon in this series. God's people can stand on the promises rather than merely sit on the premises. We can soar, we can live, we can go for it. Those who hope in the Lord will soar like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not be faint. Interesting order there at the end, from soaring to running to walking. God promises his strength in every situation of your life. We're not always living on the mountain peak soaring. Sometimes it's kind of just putting one foot in front of the other. Other times we're in between. In all of it, every situation, every kind of day, the Lord's strength will carry through those who put their hope in him. Communion is a means of grace that God uses to renew our strength. It's a meal. One person described the Lord's Supper like a person on a long journey going hundreds of miles and what you have to do is take regular stops to get refreshed, to keep going. We went up to Eagle River, Wisconsin a couple weeks ago on our vacation and it was kind of a trek, six hours. We usually go to Michigan to see family when we go away and that's like two trips to Michigan for us, so we weren't really used to that. What we needed to do was halfway up there in Oshkosh, we need to refuel our car and our bellies. We had a hearty McDonald's breakfast on the way, a Culver's dinner with custard for dessert, 
and I tried cheese curds for the first time, they were amazing. Each time that meal, that food, rejuvenated us. It gave us strength for the next leg of the journey. The Christian life is a journey. It's a pilgrimage. Life long. And each one of us at different times, we travel through valleys. We get to the mountain peaks sometimes. They're dusty roads through the rain and the snow and the storms and the sunshine too. A traveler needs to stop regularly, to eat, to drink, to get recharged. We can do that every single day through prayer and through by being in God's word, which are the main ways, by the way, that we actively put our trust in the Lord, prayer and the word. But we also have worship one day in seven And today we have this very special opportunity for spiritual refreshment in the Lord's Supper. And that's exactly what God designed it for. It's for the weary. As we come in faith, Jesus, who is the gracious host of the Supper, he pours out his grace and his strength from the endless supply of his Spirit on his people. Students and parents, May you stand on this promise every day in the school year to come with all the unique busyness in your life. Everybody, we can soar like the eagle as we actively put our hope in the Lord Jesus each and every day. He will replace your weakness with his strength. May he do that in our lives. May he do it in our church.